Hello, welcome to another episode of Intentionality, a podcast where we talk about uh, leading life with purpose and also work. And today we have Vishwaraj Mohan, who is a yogi, marathoner, entrepreneur, wanderer, don't know what to call. So here is Vishwa. Welcome, Vishwa. Hi, thank you, Vali. So it's excited to be here. Thank you for being on the podcast. So, um, I really do not know what to call you, so please introduce yourself. I think Vishwa is easier. Um, yeah, but if I have to give you some introduction about myself, I've uh, lived all over the country. Uh, growing up, uh, dad was an HCL, so I've lived across, so that way I'm very, I can adapt anywhere very quickly. I think that's one skill set thanks to shifting so much uh, that I've learned growing up. So hence, I'm a very natural sales guy, so you can put me in any scenario, <laughs> you know, I quickly adapt and you know, probably sell something that even I've never bought before. Uh, that's how I've sort of grown and, you know, learned things about myself. Um, my passion is running around. Um, I think that's, and that's how I think uh, right. we are friends now and we're here together. So if you want to, if you want to call me today, I think you can call me a runner today. Uh, five years back, I would have probably told you entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, but yeah, things keep changing. So today runner is okay. Runner. So runner is short. <laughs> So, I know that you were an engineer and then you went on to explore entrepreneurship uh, for almost a decade. How did that start? So, uh, my engineering to be very honest uh, was only because that's the only thing uh, from the kind of family I came from, that's the only option one had. So, my, my option was between either doing engineering or uh, doctor. You had choice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but obviously I wasn't very good at biology, so there was no choice. <laughs> I was better with maths and physics. So, engineering just happened because, you know, that kind of a South Indian Tamil family and, mm. you know, it's just, that's the only direction that one knows where, what can do at growing up stage. Never did anything engineering, mm. uh, to be very honest. Uh, even during my engineering, um, I spent most of my time with music and cinema uh, and uh, that space always interested me. So I believed that I could be some sort of a conduit between creative people mm. and business people. Uh, and I somewhere truly believe I'm still that person. I think I can understand both their languages that I can sit with a CFO and understand his struggle. Probably I can also sit with a creative person and understand their struggle. So I never did anything engineering. So engineering got done. I got into... Uh, uh, like a web agency, uh, I mean internet was like, uh, because of being an HCL dad, I had computers since 93. Right. So, you know, so internet, uh, I have a big old Napster baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've had a time where I used to like Metallica, then Metallica went yeah. against uh, Napster and I started not liking the Metallica <laughs> because, you know, they were, and anyway. So, uh, internet was always a passion and that's how I ended up taking a job in a web agency, did some jobs for a few years. Um, I was in Bombay in my last job, finally enough in a sports company called Sports Interactive in 2008. Um, again, very passionate about music and at that time, you know, whatever research I had done about how do you let independent music survive and that's what really interests me. Uh, uh, and uh, music venue was one route that came in front of me that, hey, that's an opportunity to be in it. and. I was in Bank Bombay, most half my salary was going into this place called Blue Frog, it doesn't exist anymore, it mm. was a big music venue in Bombay. And yeah, I just wanted to make an affordable, less pretentious Blue Frog uh, and that's how Culture Culture was born. So 2009, I came back to ba 
Bangalore, both parents are entrepreneurs, so they were very encouraging. One thing led to the other. I gave my folks how to the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, took a loan of one crore at the age of 26, and that's how my entrepreneurial uh, journey started with counterculture. And uh, yeah, that lasted till pandemic. Pandemic was tough for us. Uh, right. Physical businesses, um, you know, just didn't work. Uh, so I decided to, I mean, it was a stage of my life that, hey, I've, like, I've spent uh, close to 10, 12 years doing a certain kind of business, uh, which is in the culture space. I you know, even now truly enjoy music, like we discussed, I was right. in Echoes of the Earth last, last weekend. Uh, but I decided to pivot from there because I think it, it was a stage in my life where I'd spent 10 years, created an industry, I mean, sort of, you know, created something for the industry. Uh, I was at ground zero at that point because, you know, the pandemic was hard on us. I was like, what do we do next? Uh, uh, the other passion for, uh, of mine is fitness and wellness. So I started another startup in 2020 and 21 early. Uh, me and with a bunch of fellow yoga students from our yoga uh, studio. It was called Three Deep Breaths. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's about teaching mindfulness to folks at work. Uh, not just work, meaning just the IT white collar folks, but we also work with Swiggy Riders and things like that. Like how we bring mindfulness to everyday work life. Right. That, you know, so anyway, that happened. And then one thing left to the other. I decided to take up a job sometime last year. I turned 40. So I was like, hey, now what do, you know, I've, I've built companies to a certain level. And maybe done little impact on the culture space. What do we do next? Uh, I was like, how do I learn? What does it take to run a 5,000 crore company? Right? The chaoses are different. Uh, never worked in a company beyond, beyond 50 people in my life. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, it's a new chapter of life. Should I learn new things? And one thing left to the other and got decathlon and mm-hmm. I'm here. Fantastic. The entrepreneur spirit still, you know, in, in, in fact, the, the project within decathlon is almost like a startup. And I run it like one. I mean, of course, it's it's taken a bit. First thing I did, I moved everybody from WhatsApp, got them to Slack. So, you know, you know the small changes within Decathlon and that ecosystem uh, has yeah. been fun for me. Yeah, but that way entrepreneurs still at the heart of it. So there are a lot of things to explore there. There are a lot of information. So, let's start with entrepreneurship. So, what exactly is it? I mean, it's not something that, you know, you are an entrepreneur because you have a company to run. There is that spirit within us. So, so what is it? I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think uh, it's trying to m- make your passion into business. Uh, I think that's how it was for me always. Uh, and in fact, it took me some time to understand that's not entrepreneurship, in fact. Uh, 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 so I think I- even when I meet new uh, uh, people now who are, in, who are trying to start up something, uh, my advice is always don't confuse passion for business. Mm. Uh, and I think many of us do that mistake uh, where we forget that we are in business for business, uh, especially in the country we live in, right? We are in a very early stage of growth. We are not a Sweden or a, you know, some of that country where we are ahead of the curve and now we can imagine passion without money. Right. Uh, uh, so I think that was, uh, you know, if I have to really tell the new entrepreneurs, that's one thing that don't confuse it. Keep, be passionate, but don't forget that it's a business. Right. And then you owe some people money and, you know, you, people work with you and also need to create wealth. Yeah, so for me, entrepreneurship is actually, uh, you know, taking a complex idea and making it successful and making it, uh, you know, ready for the market. Mm. And, uh, you know, really genuinely letting it survive. Right. I mean, you did explore, in fact, music and mindfulness, which was your passion, yeah. trying to turn it into a business. Yeah. Um, 
What is mindfulness? We should discuss. See, okay, let me tell you my way of how but with the personal journey I'll try to explain what mindfulness meant to me mm-hmm. right so uh, I'm a high energy character mm-hmm. okay I don't actually I don't even need coffee sometimes I know why I drink coffee I, it's just I, I don't doubt that yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, some high energy person so which comes with uh, uh, like uh, it's say follies the follies could be that you make decision uh, haphazardly because you're high on energy uh, you know i knock things around yeah, uh, when i was young like when i get into people's house i'll be just knocking things around because my hands and my legs are flapping everywhere like mm. an excitable person so for me mindfulness if i have to tell you was mm. how how it helped what what really i have understood of mindfulness for my own self is uh, this calmingness in my in me mm. uh, this way to take a step back uh, and then reflect uh, and then react it almost feels like you step out of your body i might sound very esoteric here guys uh, but it almost feels like you're stepping out of your body and then you're able to visualize the scenario outside of it mm. uh, rather than being within it i think that's that's if i tell you is mindfulness for me uh, but obviously if you ask what the outside world understands of mindfulness it's all around yoga meditation yeah. right. focus in the brain all of that uh, but i think it's for me to stay still be able to uh, you know reflect uh, be able to take the right decision at that point because you're not making decisions on based on emotion uh, but you're able to step out and see the scenario and make the right judgment saying being aware of the surrounding being sure. aware of your actions and yourself and yourself yeah. so we live in bangalore traffic is hell <laughs> so if someone is working in a 9 to 5 job generally the day ends at 9 o'clock yeah. hardly there is anything left in the day yeah. so exactly. if, if some if someone has to practice mindfulness yeah. how they would i mean i think firstly habits on are 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 got nothing to do with which what time of the day or what lifestyle you live mm-hmm. uh, uh there are you know i i have clearly experience of extremely successful entrepreneurs who still finish the day at 5 yeah i think it's got uh, anyway uh, i i think this uh, this, uh, this i think sometimes it's a little bit of an indian thing that we spend more hours we think we are actually working harder yeah. uh, i am waiting for that society where we get to four hours working week where in fact our politicians come and say i took a holiday you know that's the future i'm holding and yeah. not having us to work hard how do they practice mindfulness i think mindfulness has been practiced in smaller ways you know mm-hmm. so the startup that uh, uh, we founded uh, in 2021 3d breaths was about making small habit hacks right uh, you could be someone who's traveling all the time you could be someone who works in different uh, time zones uh, your working time is uh, all over the shop because of traffic but i think mindfulness is to be practiced with the small hacks so for example we used to teach people when we were thinking through the project uh, that when an email is loading rotate your neck okay right uh, put a small reminder to uh, drink water uh, every hour uh you know before every start of meeting get up and walk up and down your room so i think mindfulness is not like some magic wand mm. uh, that one shot you can you know start meditating your know, life is going to change right. uh, at all not in fact personally for me in my early days of meditation i used to come out irritated mm. so uh, uh, in fact it, I, i it started having opposite effect to me i don't know what i was doing wrong i don't know so any anyway, first there's no like i said there's no one formula but i think 
finding those small hacks of saying just maybe avoiding that one extra coffee mm. or uh, you know uh, in the night when netflix is about to tell you 5 seconds for the next episode switch off the damn tv yeah right uh, it's it's about making those small changes and i think that's really uh, the stacking up of mindfulness eventually sees result so instead of life drift in front of you मेट्रो वन डे टेक सम कैब समूल विद अनादर कॉलीग हू यू थिंक यू फील बेटर आई थिंक I think those are the ways you got to do it, and I believe that's really successful mindfulness. Not paying lots of money and going to city with a guruji or <laughs> go to Coimbatore to listen to some genius man or something. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you really need to find it within yourself. And I believe truly, that's what will stick, uh, and that's what sort of it will be more successful. Because again, if you you know want to see mindfulness from a perspective of somebody else and if you're not able to achieve it yet again you feel inferior yet again you feel you're not able to achieve it right. it has no purpose i like the fact that you know mindfulness is nothing without action so so we have to act on it it's not just thinking about it okay how about yoga how does yoga help one oh okay uh let me tell you how it helped me so maybe it's easier for me to from that perspective uh like most people i started you doing yoga because of bad back you know i'm a, I'm a video gamer from mm-hmm. the 90s i've been driving car too long with tall chap had back pain obvious uh so yeah somewhere in uh, 2007 8 the back pain became somewhere then i like yeah, let me start doing some yoga i had done yoga in college earlier um And then 2008-9, uh, just before the entrepreneur's journey is about to kick in, and all my reading uh, does uh, did point out to uh, lack of sleep, mm. stress, all of that that comes with entrepreneurship. It's very interesting, right? When you right. get into that reading, right. I think the one of the first thing they tell you that hey, you know, be careful with that, right? Because right. you go so deep into it, you don't care for your body. Uh, I didn't want to do that for sure. Uh, so very early I started practicing and practiced it myself really. Uh, 2008-9 I started. Went to some class. Some lady in the corner was teaching us with 50 people, no instruction. I'm like I might as well do it on an app. Mm. So I started going to class. I got some Singapore app with a very funny accent. I remember. Uh, and I started learning myself. Um, met some friends. Uh, every time I meet someone, if I know he or she is a yoga person, I'll quickly start, you know, asking them to teach me a class. So I did my own small hack learning. You know, in about few years, I managed to do headstand by myself without having to go to a class. So I realized that I'm getting better. And then I moved into the Iyengar journey. But how did it help me? Of course, like for example, um, uh, people uh, have you practiced yoga? A bit of restorative yoga. Shivasana. No. Okay. Shavasan is the Shavasan is the last thing we do. Okay, so when the whole class is over, we go into oh, yeah. Shavasan mode. Right. We go, right. and everybody thoroughly enjoys it. Uh, clearly, because it's uh, in fact a lot of people start sleeping and all that uh, uh, during Shavasan at the end of the class. But really, why Shavasan is there not to sort of calm you down, but it's actually a, a, a teaching you to stay still. Mm. So uh, the design of it is not to sort of it's not a resting thing at the it's not a thing for you to do because you. Did such a workout? You need to calm down. Of course, it has that effect. Yeah. But the real purpose is learning to stay still. 
Mm-hmm. Then how can you say still with no movement of your tiniest tips or your you know it's quite a tough thing in the society we live in today. So those are the things that uh, yoga taught me, right? I mean, it taught me to be at that moment and make that decision in entrepreneurship or whatever, right? You have fifty decisions to take in as a CEO now. Right. You know, are you taking the right decisions? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you thinking through the cascading effect that would come over time? Uh, and I think largely yoga helped me there. You know, it helped me stay calm. Uh, I think if I wasn't a yoga practitioner, the pandemic, I would have, you know, gone hit the depression wall like many people right i mean i had a 70 people team i had four venues i was seeing things collapse which you know just crazy like everything around me was just breaking apart literally uh, i mean it was a fun journey but end of the day i don't think i uh, i was able to take it self reflect be able to take decisions mm. i wouldn't i don't think i could have been that person without uh, yoga so so if i have to tell you how did what does yoga do to me and what i think it should what it could potentially do to people is help you balance mm. because the way the asanas designed the way the breath work is designed it just brings you to center okay and uh, yeah i think that's the magic of yoga i don't think i can ever give up you also said you know it helped you as an entrepreneur being calm and making decisions yeah not getting frantic right i mean come yeah. on pandemic hits and you're in the physical business and yeah. we are not See, uh, I mean, we are not in one of those, sec- you know, businesses which is highly funded and we had like money in the bank to be able to burn over a year. We didn't. We are a cash flow company, so you know, to yeah. see that go boom down uh, is an interesting time. Do you do any asanas when you are at work? I mean, no, no. I mean, I have some breath work hacks, uh, like like when your uh, our nostrils change. Uh, uh, you know where there's more breath every 90 minutes right uh, at, i mean we have a thing in uh, yoga kalamilum uh, so when you are breathing from your right right nostril is when your brain is sharpest and left nostril is when it's going down on energy mm. so i do some hacks or an important meeting i'll do some breath work to act, to activate my right nostril instead of my left uh, but otherwise no i mean i now to know now to have a job so it's a different scenario but back in the day yeah when i was an entrepreneur i always had a yoga mat around me so if i had to go for a meeting i'll quickly do some headstand or some backflip or something like that you know just to feel a little better yeah. um, but not in a while mostly is around breath work mm. so so from your experience based, based on what you're saying so if someone is in a very stressful job where they attend a lot of meetings and then before they get into a meeting would you suggest them doing yeah, some yeah absolutely Absolutely. In fact, part of 3D breaths we used to design this. So uh-huh. we had, uh, you know, we had started working with companies and telling them to have like a three-minute uh, sort of a mindfulness workout before a meeting starts. Mm. So yes, because most corporates are out to get each other, right? I mean, in corporates, people are just like meetings are just taking knives out. Who is the smartest one in the room? Mm. Who has to be politically smart? Who will, you know, pull whose carpet <laughs> under the? You know, that's really what corporate is. Uh, and these meeting rooms are yeah that's all it is <laughs> and uh, you know we were like we you know we used to sort of teach uh, small hacks like hey everybody shuts down the laptop takes 2 minute of gratitude uh, mm-hmm. just you know sit in that room and self reflect the people who are around find positives that you've learned from your colleagues just in your mind right and that one two minute makes a huge difference you know you basically start looking at your colleague as someone that you can learn from rather than someone who you have to push down to climb the ladder build better relationships build better relationships things like that so yeah i definitely think uh, yoga is uh, uh, i mean not just 
if i don't not just boiling out to yoga mm-hmm. but just the idea of being mindful uh, with each other will go along with yeah um so someone who is as you saying you know i went before uh, the events yeah. you might think you are crazy <laughs> so, so so you do that for endorphins yeah mind is clearer and uh, i think uh, running makes you self confident mm. uh, almost cocky little bit i think uh, there's a bit of cockiness that comes if you're a runner uh, and as a it works for me so because i'm a sales guy i have to win the negotiation in a room mm. so it helps so i run it gives me the kick i'm a bit cocky i sit in the meeting room and act cocky but give me an instance where running has really helped you at workplace i mean i can't think of i mean do i have any particular incident that pops in my mind per se no but for example if i have to give you today at office people look at me differently because i'm able to punish myself before coming to work <laughs> you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. like you know what coach says no yeah. marathon training is like uh, hurting yourself while getting bored yeah <laughs> bored and then getting hurt yeah exactly very good uh, so that way i mean uh, i can see that how people see you as like just wow how does this person do it mm. i think that is quite exciting like you know you, you get that credit right like oh my god he has that uh, uh, rigor to wake up and do normal things and still come to work yeah yeah so actually then i envy you uh, as a runner because you're a great student of running mm-hmm. um, of course there's long way to go yeah, you can build aerobic base for almost 20 years according to the uh, book it takes 10 years you can even continue to build until 20 years upon it yeah on go away yeah. so you're a great student so um, tell us about uh, what do you do before that how do you prepare nutrition strength okay so um i wake up i uh, first thing i have this thing called super green mm. it's a product of univet uh, we don't get athletic greens in india so this is our version of uh, unathletic greens yeah yeah i know yeah. so there's an indian version called right. uh, super greens by univet so i start my morning with that because it helps you alkalize the body and uh, first thing in the morning so i do that and then uh, uh, if it's uh, if it's beyond 10k i eat something uh, mm. I, uh, if it's 10 to 15k i'll just have a banana uh, don't have yellowy it has too much sugar <laughs> i have the bigger one uh, and uh, if it's beyond 15k then i would uh, have bread uh, you know peanut butter uh, sandwich uh, jam sandwich <laughs> so that would be before the run uh, i do a minimum of 15 to 20 minutes of uh, activation uh, mm. before the run uh, because i went through some injury in the past uh, and i uh, realized that uh, you either have to find time after run to do foam rolling stretches so that it doesn't lead to injury mm. or activate it earlier so that you know it's activated well enough so that you don't go to the gym of course you do both it's ideal which obviously not possible every day from you know work pressures and distance and timing and all of that but at least on a ideal situation like i said wake up have super greens uh you know uh, eat uh, do 15 20 minutes of strength work strength work is uh, these days i've been uh, loving the bosu ball so i stand on it just do some uh, just one legged stand activation uh, then i do um bridge uh clamshells mm. uh, uh that sort of a thing uh donkey kicks okay. i do with resistance band so i activate all the muscle 
then I wear my shoe and I go to run. So about 20 minutes of workout before, saying to workout before, uh, then do the run, come back, ideal situation, I do foam roll and yoga for 45 minutes. Okay. So and that is the post. ideal post run. But at least I doing one of them, I never miss one of them for sure. Like I, at least, because uh, I'm most afraid of uh, injury, uh, because I don't have strength in my body, I have zero upper body strength. Hmm. Uh, lower body strength at least now a little bit because of you know, running, running and things like that. Uh, the first time I had an injury, I went to physiotherapist. The physiotherapist said, don't do anything for four months, just do strength building, then go back to running. Because I had no muscle, like my squat, you know, even 5 kg will feel high for me, I think. <laughs> so, you know? uh, so because of that, I've been very, very disciplined with not wanting to get injured. Because really, I told coach also, if I get one big injury, I'll stop running. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's too painful you know, to go through that process. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my before and after run. Yeah. So, you have also said somewhere that yoga inversions help in recovering better from running. So, talk to us about that. So, I mean, this is honestly my theory. Uh, I have not found anything per se uh, to validate this, at least uh, from a reading point of view. But, see, for me, yoga has helped. And, like, the reason, I mean, I did my first half and I did it in one hour 45 minutes. Uh, in That's Bangalore and uh, I realized something is working in me, right? And then when I got into the depth of it, instead of trying to be cocky so as to why my body is responding, I realized there are three factors that yoga taught me uh, or rather strengthened my system to be a better runner. Uh, one is of course my breath. Mm. So I'm nose breathing till I'm sub 445. Only sub 445 will move to mouth because by then it's too much uh, mm. for my body. Uh, my heart rate has always been decent and is still now decent. Uh, plus, I've been training the whole MAF, which is the maximum aerobic function yeah. training module, uh, training thinking process, basically your age minus 180. Uh, so that's also helped. And the third thing, very interestingly, that through yoga I've understood and helped is my uh, fascia, uh, our first skin layer. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you've not gone to the depth of it, and I would advise people to uh, read and learn. In fact. Uh, by, uh, as much as we think that the thumb and the brain uh, is why humans are humans, uh, I think fascia is a huge uh, uh, part of that humanness as to why we are so different from the rest of the mammals on earth. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, these things already help me with yoga. So, over time, I've been saying what more to try to do to get better, okay? So, whenever I've tried inversion before, uh, inversion basically in yoga means when your brain is under the heart from a gravity point of view. So even a downward dog is an inversion technically. Um, so whenever I've done uh, say a headstand before a run, no, my heart rate goes crazy. Goes high? Yeah. Like I think the blood flow has changed. I don't know what happens and God, it's, it's uncontrollable. Okay. Uh, so I've stopped doing it before the runs. Uh, these are just my experiments. Uh, but I do after run. And after run basically uh, how, so I do very restorative uh, uh, sort of inversions, not using my own body because it's already tired by then. It just helps the blood flow down. Uh, uh, mm. Of course, it hurts a lot. The interesting thing is that when you do the inversion after run, your legs are dying of pain. Because firstly, it's in pain. And then now they're withdrawing all the blood out of it. Right. Uh, it kind of starts to pain more. But I don't know. I mean, interestingly, it helps me. Like, it helps me recover better. My slight dose, you know, uh, three hours post run, you have some points in your legs that has some stress, right? Uh, at least it reduces that. Okay. So that way, it's been helping me. But in other ways, in, I do inversions for my heart reason mm. and uh, you know things like just reverse blood flow. Do you do that after every run? No. I mean, I, I mean, 
so after every run no inversions are not set in my pattern like that but whenever i practice uh, i at least try doing two long time long term sessions of yoga and i do inversion for sure yes you also talked about eating order mm-hmm. um, fiber first protein next carbs later mm-hmm. so what's the theory behind it it's really a theory that firstly coach told me <laughs> <laughs> coach told me that eating like that it helps uh, then i looked up and I read a lot about it because that's on the last 2 years I just become nerd about this right so whatever every audio book or podcast or mm-hmm. book I find that on this subject uh, in fact I've just started reading about I mean, it's a very famous book uh, called why we sleep and anyway, I just started that now uh, just to understand that whole because sleep yeah. is another big part of our game yeah. right um so nutrition thing of course coach said it first and uh, I if if one thing about me is i like efficiency i mean it's a little bit of a uh, i mean maybe i loosely use the word most of the time <laughs> to be very honest uh, but uh, how do i stay sharp and efficient mm. in my brain right that's what i'm anyway vegetarian so uh, and i'm not a fan of food so the, you know when the time comes where there'll be one box with every nutrition i just have to drink and get <laughs> done i'll be the first subscriber okay which i was start up please we'll doing it contact me <laughs> I'd love to be a tech uh, guinea pig. Well, I don't like food. I eat food only for functionality reason. Mm. So, uh, so it is easy for me to make any changes with my food patterns. I must tell you. I mean, I speak to friends who want to change, but their food eats impossible. Mm. Right? They're like, "Hey, I have to give up carbs, etc." And all. I said, "Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you have to." So, uh, what I've been doing, at least for my lunch, this order of eating is that I start with a salad or a poriyal mm. as a Tamilian. You know, I just make. Yeah. Poriyal as a salad doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's some fiber I have to take. Right. Um, then uh, I do like some paneer or a dal or something, and then finally eat a little bit quinoa. And I'll tell you how it's been helping me. If I have to give it in my very layman way, or how I've seen it help for me, is um, I th- I think that the f- when you put carb first thing into your body, uh, your your you know digestive juices are attacking it and takes in all the sugars of the carb and makes you slow. Right. Uh, and i think if you the way at least this is my imagination of how what it is doing that because i'm stacking it up differently i'm stacking the fiber first then uh, protein and then fat and then uh, carb so i think by the time the digestive juices come to the carb and this is very my unscientific explanation <laughs> i think by the time the scientific ju- the digestive juices come to the carb you uh, you know uh, you don't feel that sleepiness mm. and also you eat less i'm telling you like I take four kutti kutti dabbas to kutti means small uh, four small boxes to uh, office, and I first eat the poriyal or some salad, and then I'll eat. And then by the time I come to the carb, I eat so much only. And yeah. this is after me out of around 15 kilometers that morning, which means I'll be starving, right? right? right. Because by 12, 12, 15, I get hungry. Uh, it's really helping. It's helping me stay so sharp. Uh, and when you think about the way we humanity has been eating. I mean, I guess the times are different, right? Like back in the day, they were supposed to eat rather than sleep in the afternoon, yeah. right? So right. it is okay to eat rice like that, right? Uh, but not, maybe not in the times we live in today. Uh, so that way, I feel uh, that's really helped me. It helps me stay uh, focused and sharp. Uh, but I do under eat very badly. Um, I speaking to some friends in the space, and uh, they were doing some small calculation. I under eat. I need to eat more actually. Yeah. Uh, I need to eat more carb, especially runners. Yeah, especially runners. Carb loading, carb loading. Like you know, so night I force myself to eat extra. Um, but mornings is just muesli and fruit, so there's no carb. 
then lunch also I'm eating only so much carb. Mm. So that's a bit of a problem which I need to relook at. Uh, people are warning me that if my calorie deficit continues like that, it'll you know not help me eventually. Mm. It'll affect internal body organs and things like that. Right. Because it, it's eating out of reserves, no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's Maybe not a good thing. Carbs. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I have to do something about it because uh, you know I'm a. Idlis is my favorite food. Uh, I've stopped eating idlis, man. Can you believe it? This whole year, <laughs> because I realized that by avoiding idli, I'm feeling fresher. You know that you eat idli in the morning, the 10, 30, 11, you get that little bit of sleep, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yes, that's, that's completely disappeared uh, in my life. Yeah. Uh, Carbs can make you lethargic. Yeah.